Welcome to the Revelation Project Podcast. I'm Monica Rogers, and this podcast is intended to disrupt the trance of unworthiness and to guide women to remember and reveal the truth of who we are. We say that life is a revelation project, and what gets revealed gets healed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Revelation Project podcast. You are in for such a treat today. I have the pleasure of interviewing Sage Polaris. Sage Polaris has written high converting copy for more than 350 clients, and she tends to earn them millions of dollars. She helps personal brands and service providers sell more of their service or offer based on the words they have on their website. She has worked with folks like Chrisette Michelle, Rick Mulready, and Amber McHugh. Basically, she makes money for the internet famous people that we all look up to. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But more importantly, we're going to talk about Sage's work ethic, the fact that she's able to take four months off a year. She is also a mother, by the way. We're also going to talk about what is patriarchy stress disorder and how does it play out in the online and entrepreneurial world. She's also going to talk to us about designing a business and a life from a place of pleasure and deep personal power. You are going to love this interview. Hey, Sage. Hey, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me, Monica. Oh, I'm so, so glad you're here. And it's been a morning, like there's a lot going on in the world. I mean, there's a lot going on in general in the world these days. But I know over here in Rhode Island, we're looking at a potential lockdown again. Yeah, we had our lockdown never stopped. But we are we had two waves of fires. And I feel you woman. It's Oh, been, my goodness. It's been a lot. We're here to process it. And look, the world was like, you need another lesson about taking time and checking in on your heart. <laughs> Isn't that true? It's just I think, you know, every time I think about this, just putting it all into context, I have to remember what I keep telling myself, this is happening for us, not to us. I'm I continue to hope and pray. Yeah, yeah. And the pain is real. Like, let's process it. Why not? Exactly. Um, So, Sage, I would love for you to actually start if you don't mind. I love one of the things I love as I work with you is really, you're an unbelievable entrepreneur, but you're also like this incredible mom to little ones that interrupt you constantly. And you're so patient. I just want you to give (laughs) I just want you to give a little context because I'm always like, wow, she is so calm and graceful. Like there's just a way that you do it all you seem to make it look effortless. And I know, I know that there's a lot going on for you. Yeah, thank you for reflecting that back to me. 90% of the time I am calm and graceful 10% of the time you know, weeks like the election happened and a slow tide of anxiety came in and people saw me in a different way for, and were like, who, who is this woman? I'm like, (laughs) well, this is, this is also part of me. Yeah. Anyways, it was very interesting experience the election week, but that outside of that context, yeah, I do roll with being calm and graceful and I'll fully own that. And, you know, I have two young kids and I built a business when my first son was born out of necessity of wanting to stay home with him, I was actually full time working at a museum installing art and they wanted me to come back. And I was like, no, I I don't, I didn't. It's funny. I didn't, I'm not one of those women who was like, I was born to be a mother. I must have children. It was more like, can I curse by the way? Absolutely. Okay. It was more like, a, oh, shit, we're pregnant. Let's move in together now. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure <laughs> no one this, can relate. Yeah. Yeah. And then this bundle of joy entered my life. And I suddenly was so protective of that child and wanted that my time, more so protective of my time with that child. So it's interesting. Like I wasn't the prescriptive mothering type and then fell in love with my child you know, which we hope for, but doesn't always happen right away. But for me, it was instant, like, okay, I love this child. 
Um, having a second child was interesting though, because I was like, oh, it's not going to be just me and my first son anymore. Now there's a new personality coming into the house. And there was a moment of grief around that, which I know other women share, not all, but some I've had conversations with them. So there was a moment of grief of the second child coming in. And now it's like, of course, I wouldn't have it any other way. I love seeing them together. And then in California, they, they like to call it the stay at home order instead of lockdown. They're like, you know, Californians, we got to put our own twist on it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. More so gentle. the stay at home yeah. order came. What'd you say? More gentle, more of a choice. Yes. Yes, totally. Look, and I could go deep on that conversation about how that's only for people who could afford to stay home. Right. 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 Let's keep that in mind and, and say thanks to the people who kept going to work this entire time because they had no other way to make money. I just so, want to honor them for a hot second. Absolutely. We can spend time there for sure. Yeah, it's such a privilege to, really to have my kids home. Like, let's start there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even though my four-year-old is crawling all over me during a call. And I've just been really careful. The reason I can show up the way I do is I've been very discerning about the types of clients I took this year. Meaning, when they saw those things happening, like my kids crawling all over me or me leaving the walking away from my computer for the fifth time because the kids want snacks or have to go to the bathroom and you can't <laughs> like you gotta go help them with that what I wanted from my clients though is for them to embrace me and love up on me for that and whew, I have when I turn on zoom I have some incredible people who never shame me for it always just welcome the children into the conversation and make them feel just as special for them being there as I feel for being working with them so that's that's where I'm at and it was such a blessing Monica when you and I got to work on a project together because as you know, so for everybody listening, Monica and I collaborate with Sarah Veteran Lynn Twist from Soul of Money. And I believe Monica was the one who connected us all together. Yes. Yeah. And when I show up with them, they just make me feel so good just for turning the camera on. Mm -hmm. And it's like those, those are those the people I can work with this year. Yeah. And if you share my values, I can work with you. And so that's why I feel like I get to show up the way I do in my grace and in my calm. It's because they have a, created an environment that feels like I can do that. So it's really special. It is special. It is. And I'll tell you, witnessing it is also really special. It's also this reminder every time I see you, because again, I think... I think things are changing. I obviously things are changing. Yeah. But I'd like to also say that, you know, when it comes to how women are showing up for work, not only in the in the pandemic, but how we've really been evolving towards more of this work-life balance and really really honoring each other in this true duality, which is women who are out in the workforce and mothering and somehow bringing that together in a way that feels supported and honored, like you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, I think about the women who show up in the Senate or the House with their child on their breasts, right? Oh, like yes. those types of situations I want to see more of. And this was an opportunity to break that open for all of us. I don't, almost don't like the word break, but like to pull us into a different reality that I am here for and I am excited about. I know this comes with a lot of pain for a lot of people and for that, you know, and I know there's like types of moms. Some moms are like, get my children back into a classroom. What it's called me for to do is something different. Actually, it's called me to say, actually, I don't want to be at the whim of these school systems anymore. And I actually listened to your um, conversation with Akila about unschooling. And I've, I've joined an unschooling program with Cyrus Siddiqui. And I am looking towards a totally different lifestyle for my family. And at the core of it is a slower pace mm. of learning. Yeah. A slower pace for my own life and business. And I'm still figuring out how all those pieces come together. So the way we're working it into our lifestyle right now is that my older son will stay in school until 
this June. And then we're going to take, usually he does a summer school. We're going to take a one month break and try out this full on unschooling. And I'll have to figure out what my work schedule looks like with that. But it also doesn't have to be me as the unschooler, right? Right. Like I have my nephew here at the house and he is unschooling the children with me. Um, He's here a couple times a week. So that's where I'm at. I'm curious, Monica, how do you feel? With, at this crossroads of another lockdown, like where are you headed? Well, I love I love the question back because I think for me, I'm really recognizing that same kind of that same kind of calling. Like there's a lot more spirit that I'm wanting to bring to my life, to my family, to my work. And when I talk about spirit, I also talk about pace. There's a way I think that breakneck. Watching myself, how this shows up for me is even in terms of how I used to eat. Like it mm-hmm. was, <laughs> mm-hmm. it was like shoving it in, you know, in the moments between. And what I'm now making space for are moments to pause in between every day, really taking some time. I've actually been doing some work called PQ, which is positive intelligence coaching. So I've been kind of doing some 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 work on the side. And the idea of this type of coaching is that you watch for your inner saboteurs. And, uh-huh. and believe it or not, this is so cool, but human beings have like 10 very basic saboteurs that kind of rule our lives. Yeah. And while I know this, while I know this, having been a coactive coach for many years now, what you get really good at as a coach and as a human being, even if you know it, is to, they get really crafty. The the saboteurs get really crafty in terms of how they show up. So my two major ones are actually a hyperachiever where, uh-huh. and this, this segues right into, of course, patriarchy stress disorder, which is something that I wanted to talk to you more about. Yeah. But the hyperachiever is really, you know, that part of myself that values myself based on what my output is. Yep. Right. And it, and when, when I can really, get present to the fact that I'm doing that, that I'm like on myself for like, it's not good enough. You haven't finished. It's not, it's not perfect. All that stuff. So that's what I'm being more mindful of is watching. Am I in my joy right now? Am I having deep breathing (laughs) or am I Uh shallow breathing and kind of, and kind of really wearing my shoulders uh, as earrings and, you know, <laughs> like all, all that stuff. And then my second yes. one is a restless saboteur. And so mm-hmm. there's a way that I can go from one thing to the other to the other without necessarily savoring, being present, just being distracted all the time. So I'm looking at where in my life am I setting myself up for those long pauses for staying present for being in my joy. Uh, Beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love that you're doing this work. This is such important work. And thank you for opening me up to that new tool. I'm one of those people who... So I went to art school. I mentioned that earlier. Well, and and I, I, I want to tell school. you, I almost went to art school. I wasn't, oh, my gosh, it's just so funny. We'll have to talk about that later. But but that was like my thing. So <sighs> here okay, I am so creating in another way. Exactly. That's where I was headed. Like, I didn't say I went to art school. I used to work at an art museum. I did go to art school. And I when I went to art school, I took all of the different types, graphic design, glass blowing art installation, ceramics was my major, any studio I could get myself into because they were all just tools to express myself. Now, the way that that manifests in my life is, you know, I live in LA, any healing modality under the rainbow, I want to know about it. (laughs) Because again, these are just tools to express ourselves, right? Yes. So that's why I love you brought up this new thing that I hadn't heard of because I'm always open to hearing about new healing modalities or, you know, whatever it may be. I just love that open-ended learning around it. And I, for myself, I don't know if it's hyper-achievement for me necessarily. There is something sexy about crossing something off my to-do list. <laughs> and yeah. It is so sexy. Yeah. It's sexy. It's sexy. And Let's like, just face it. 
Yeah. And I, and I love my list, but you know, it's very much ingrained in my personality. And I know that about myself. And sometimes you have to check it. Do I really need to be making a list right now? Do I really need to be, or should I just go snuggle with my son? <laughs> like, let's, let's pick one consciously. And if the sexiest thing is to make the list and make the list, right? And I have also created a system that I think will really be exciting for your audience to hear about to get myself off of that I guess, like constant turning of the wheel of productivity that I love so much. And what that system is, is I take four months off every year. So this is how I do it. Let's just pause. Let's just pause. Let's just savor that for a minute. Okay. (laughs) Sage takes four months off a year. Okay. I don't know what your body's doing right now, but mine (laughs) has full on chills. And I'm like, what? Okay, so you may proceed. Oh, thank you. I'm (laughs) glad we paused on that. It is important. And uh, also, I double my revenue consistently every year, which I'm getting ready to do again. So the reason I bring that up, though, is I want to give people a map of how I do it. And then you get to take this map and redraw it however you want. So the way that I do it is I take one week off every month. It's usually the last week of the month. And I take one month off every year. This year, and this is for the fifth year in a row, by the way. This year, I am, and I'm just for context, I'm eight years deep into my business. So I didn't come out of the business womb knowing to do this. (laughs) That being said, this year, I am taking the one month off in two week blocks. So I'm actually taking the next two weeks off. Um, we're, We're rolling into Thanksgiving season here in the U.S., So last two weeks of November, I'm taking off. Last two weeks of December, I'm taking off to meet that one month that I want to do for myself. And the reason I did that that way this year is Q1, I'm gearing up for a launch. You know, I write launches, I I write copy for my clients who launch. And for anybody who's not familiar with that, just think about when you scroll on Facebook and you see an ad, that's me writing that copy for my client. And then you click on the ad. Right. I was going to say that one of the gifts that you have is this, there's this idea in that world of copy that converts. And when we talk about converting, what I, the word that I often use is resonance. Like you write in such a way that there's actually resonance for those people looking for that thing that that client is offering. And the resonance is what kind of creates the going to the next step, clicking on the ad, opening it. And then of course, when I talk about conversion, I talk about there's like a yes, yes, yes in the process for someone like me who might have opened the ad, seen what it was about. And your goal is to kind of create that resonance all the way through so that there's, yeah, that's me. I want to do it. Exactly. And it's all about the words on your ad. It's all about the words on your website and how you present those words. And there's an art and a science to it. And an integrity. And an integrity. There's, okay, that's the part they feel about Mm -hmm. you, right? Like I almost can't put that piece of my client into words. I do, but I never say like, I am full of integrity, which is why you should give me money. There's an essence that that's like the sixth sense of copywriting, which I never get to talk about. And Monica, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, it's just something too, that I notice in terms of how you write and the clients that you attract, there is actually that, like you were saying earlier, there's a way you get to choose your clients too. And if they don't kind of if they're not integrity with what they're offering, I'm going to, I'm going to make up that it's a pass for you. Totally. And there's, yeah, there's lots of ways to either gut check that or physically check that by scrolling through their Instagram or Facebook. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And those things are important because, and I just want to say that, and then I'll go back to the conversation we were having about me coming up to the launch and my time off. But I want to say that one thing that I've learned is it's important how I share power. Because I have had incredible results from my clients. We've done upwards of 1.25 million in a single launch. We had 133,000 webinar registrants. We broke everything in a good way. Like Zoom didn't know what to do with us. Infusionsoft didn't know what to do with us. And I love those opportunities. And I've learned along the way that how I share power with 
with my clients is really important and how they share power with their audience is equally important. So it's like this whole value system that goes along with the copywriting. And, you know, if you're an early copywriter in your career, you're not yet thinking this deeply into your work. You just want to get your client's results. But then you start to realize that those results are important and, and change people's lives. Mm-hmm. Yes, they <laughs> and do. maybe you have a sense of that in the beginning, but you're just so excited about your business that you just want to help people. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. There is true heart there. And you know, it's interesting because also I call myself sometimes a reluctant marketer because there's a way though that you're really kind of surfacing right now. Some of those, you know, in every industry, it can be a little gritty and sleazy. And I really like to keep things real and authentic and really know that I'm working with people who are truly making a difference and that that is a compatible relationship. Because for my own personal integrity in the marketing industry, there's that's important. Yeah, there's a really easy way to suss it out too. If you're thinking about working with a company and you're a marketer and you want to help them grow their business, look at how they build their relationships. Do they build long-term relationships with their clients who keep coming back and buying their stuff or they just want the short-term sale? Mm. It becomes obvious. And I'm not picking on the men when I say this, but one of my like tag lines is like bro flow marketing, not bro marketing. Oh, I love that. And look, a woman can be a bro marketer just as much as a man can. But what it comes down to is when people are just trying to get these fast bucks online and they're out there, of course they're out there. Like it's the wild, wild west. Anybody can sell online. There is very little regulation on this industry. That being said, when I see that, I, you know, there, I try not to judge these people because they're all drinking from the same polluted water in the sense that they saw somebody else doing it. It worked for them. So why wouldn't they? They need to check in with themselves. I know that. But they saw it somewhere else. And it's kind of like you fall into the trap of it. And a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. So but hopefully you hope that they do better over time if you see it. Yeah. So anyways, let's go back real quick to this whole time off because I'm coming up towards the tail end of my year and I thought it was important to share with your audience. I'm the rare copywriter who doesn't just write copy for my clients, but I do my own launches. A lot of copywriters who start doing their own launches because they have success with it, they stop working with private clients. And I just love, I think it keeps me fresh. Like Mm -hmm. I just like to be in other people's businesses as much as my own. So I've kind of kept that going. And I never tell my clients that I take four months off (laughs) because they don't need to, like, they don't feel it. I have enough standard operating procedures that I've developed over the last really seven years that they don't feel it when I'm gone. So that's kind of how I've been able to create that balance you you were talking about, Monica. Well, and of course, I'm, I'm just sitting here still a little stunned because, you know, and, and, and I know, I know that there's listeners out there like, how do you do that? But again, what I love about this, okay, Sage, is I also do a lot of work in the realm of desire. Uh-huh. And so the, the idea, you know, and, and part of what I love talking about as we usher in more of the feminine, flow, right? Not bro, is this idea of really what pleases me, what brings me pleasure. And again, that that can feel like a very privileged conversation Mm -hmm. in in a certain way. So so I want to be really clear that that I'm looking at that too. I'm seeing where privilege can be involved in that because there's also just the necessity of everyday living, especially right now. Yeah. And, and I'm going to use the sacred and because there's a lot of us who are working, I think, in a way that we're not living. We're not truly living. And there's kind of that idea of bringing that spirit back to, you know, and when I talk about spirit, it's like filled with life, filled Mm -hmm. with that essence of life where I can, I'm not cynical and resigned that, that, that I can actually be with 
the presence of, you know, and in my body and fully embodied and fully show up and bring my own joy, but also receive joy. And if I'm in Mm -hmm. that constant place of just do, 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 and I'm not bringing in that masculine feminine balance, then I'm suffering. You know, at the end of the day, I'm suffering. And so I love that you're creating from this place of really, and, and again, I'm making this up, but that brings you pleasure and that that brings you joy and that brings you connection and community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so special when you hit that sweet spot in your business. And I didn't, again, I love using the term, like I didn't come out of the business womb this way. And in fact, like when I first started taking time off, I would take like just the one Friday a month I gave myself. And that felt good and kind of like started to exercise that muscle of time off. And I will say like in the beginning when I took time off, I would have like a tryst with my business during that week, meaning no that. business meetings. But you I should just, see her face right now. I just have to say like the tryst, it's like you almost winked. <laughs> And it was so good because like, it just gave me a moment to like, make love to my business for a week with no distractions. Yeah. And then it started to change. It was like, well, my business is my lover, but my family is also this love of my life. And I actually want to take a week off. You know, I remember one vacation, we went to Las Vegas because I have family members there. And my husband was like, we're taking a week off. We're with the family. This is going to be great. And I brought my laptop and I broke his heart because I started working on a project. And I was like, you go do your thing. I want to sit in the hotel room and work right now. And he was like, he didn't say anything because he's not the type two. He's very stoic. But I felt it. I felt myself like chip a little piece of his heart out. And it was painful. It was so painful. So then I decided, okay, no more laptop on vacation. And I've been able to maintain that, I think for the last four or five years. So I take a week off. Yeah. Yeah. I leave, I leave the business alone now, but for a while I needed that in between moment of like, this is still, I'm enraptured by it and I want to be kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when, and what I'm hearing is that, there's that there's that lover archetype in you that's really yeah. that's really strong but what i'm also yeah. hearing is that that also takes that discipline yes i i just can't help but point to the masculine feminine there that there's like yes. a real sense of flow but also boundaries yeah so kudos to you because I I love that. And I'm just, I have to tell you, Sage, as I hear you talking about, you know, making love to your business, it's like, you know, like, oh, I can breathe. Like, oh, I want to know more. Like, it's so compelling. It's so intriguing. And, and I know it is to our listeners too, for those of you out there listening that are hearing like, oh my gosh, like I got to tune in. I got to hear more about this. We'll of course tell you where you can learn more about Sage and, and hear more. But I, I also know, Sage, that you're really, you are someone that's really paying attention to not only what's happening in the world, but you're also very much aware of kind of this structure of mm-hmm. patriarchy and where, and where that creates, where that creates a lot of mischief in our lives. And so I wondered if you could talk a little bit about kind of your definition of patriarchy stress disorder and how, how that's come up like as a, as something to bump up against for yourself and really notice more of. Yeah. So Dr. Valerie Ryan is the author of the book, Patriarchy Stress Disorder. And it's like required reading. I send it to the women in my mastermind. Even if I think they have the book, I still send it to them again, because we need that reminder that we are in a system that was built to oppress many people, particularly women. And so when I saw everybody breathing a sigh of relief, when Kamala Harris became vice president elect, I knew why I knew like, it makes you want to cry Mm because I know why, like I live that pain. I know all about it. Yeah. Um, So it's so powerful. Right. And her work, one line in particular, always, you know, uh, I don't know the best word for this, but like keeps coming back into my mind. I keep hearing it. And it's 
we used to burn our, or they used to burn us at the stakes. Now they just hand us the torches. Mm. Right? It makes you pause. It makes you go, what the fuck? Why am I doing this to myself? Why am I burning myself out? Like, why? Why am I burning myself at the torch? And so when she says that, she's specifically referring to how women have been able to step into these positions of power that were never available to even one generation ago. Or if they were, someone like my mother was a complete trailblazer because she was an entrepreneur since the 70s. So we've had these examples, but they were rare. And now women are building this new economy where it's common, at least in my circles, for women to out-earn the men in their life. And as that happens, it sometimes comes at a price that I'm not willing to pay. And Dr. Valerie Ryan really walks you through every step of how the patriarchy is playing out in your business. So what I see is a lot of women who come to me who want to be in my mastermind. They've had successes in their business and they become their own worst boss very quickly. Right. Because they feel this obligation and a lot of them are the breadwinners because they have this quick success online because it is the wild, wild west and there's no ceiling to how much you can earn. They have this quick success online, all this money come with great money and power comes great responsibility and they feel that weight of responsibility. And so they default to overrunning their adrenals, (laughs) overrunning their life, you know, trying to be the CEO of their household, plus be the CEO of their business. And how do you share that power with your husband or partner? You know, that becomes a really important conversation. And a lot of people, uh, they dampen it. Like they don't, they, you know, there's lots of ways to dampen those, your adrenals burning out. And I see it all the time, all the time. And it, I'm really here to, lead by example and show women like you didn't create a business to be your own worst boss. I know you didn't. I know this to be true. So how do you start to unravel things that are literally Valerie Ryan talks about it. Dr. Valerie Ryan talks about it, like literally in your DNA, in your DNA, it's passed down trauma. It's not just yours. It's before you, all those things that happened before you. And there's, so many incredible stories in that book. And also just as a writer, I have to tip my crown to this woman. She, I got so much inspiration from the way that she writes on top of all the science and data and research that she provides for us to understand why we do this to ourselves. So it's a really powerful conversation that women are waking up to. And I'm really excited about it. Well, and I I love the term wake up because it's true. There's a way, you know, I talk all the time about the trance Mm -hmm. and it's true. Like there's kind of an awakening that really has to happen because just like I was talking earlier about kind of these saboteurs, which, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's when we can kind of see the system at work that we, and ask ourselves those very important questions, right? Like why, for what am I... Right? Like sacrificing my entire life here in order to, in order to what? Yeah. Not enjoy any of it in order to miss out on all of the ways that I could also learn to be in, in my joy, in my desire, in my, you know, full expression. I, I go back to even what you were talking about before with art and creation and taking those beautiful moments to really reflect, receive, write, Mm. create, because I think oftentimes, too, when we're doing that, we're kind of in that meditative process of really knowing more about ourselves. And you were talking about that unending growth that we can have that that's for me, it's like soul food, it's sustenance. It's what really fills me back up and brings me back to life in a way that allows me to serve and allows me to give from, you know, a place that is sustainable. And I think to go back to Lynn Twist, Mm. we are really, 
we are really now wanting in this Sophia century to create a, a new economy that also involves the ecology. And when I think about these two words, mm-hmm. there's it all gets to belong and we can create something and innovate something now as women are waking up. We yeah. can create something that actually feeds both. Yeah. That, you know, and I'm I'm of course making like the infinity sign, but there's a way that the nurturing and the the masculine and feminine get to work together in these ways. But we have to kind of all look at those shadows at play in our own lives first and see where we're doing this stuff to ourselves, where we're literally doing the job of burning burning ourselves out. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And that was such a powerful conversation. Thank you for opening the door to it, Monica. And I just want to acknowledge one other resource because I like to give a diverse group of, of people to, to follow if you're wanting to go on this journey as you're listening to us. Check out also on Instagram, Nap Ministry. They talk about rest is resistance. Ooh. <laughs> it's so good. And they always have these great just like reminders to take a breath, you know, and and it's it's ran by I believe um, it's a black owned brand. And so I just really love what they're doing for for their their own culture and for everybody, everybody involved. If you just feel into their brand, you'll see what I mean. So I think these conversations are so important to have and I want to see more of it. So I'm, I'm excited that we got to talk about it because it's a slippery slope <laughs> that we fall down when we start our business. And it's good to be in love with your business. And it's good to be in love with other things too. In fact, this year with the pandemic, I, for the first time, really got into gardening. Oh, um, yeah. I had kind of dropped all my hobbies this is the weird thing that happened just this week, though. So like, yeah, I love my garden. I started doing embroidery for the first time in my life, reading all these books, like not just business related books, but therapy books and also straight up dragon books about Aragon. And like, Oh, my gosh, <laughs> I just bought the Mists of Avalon again. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. And then something weird happened to me this week. So the election brought a slow tide of anxiety into my life. Anxiety is something that has always been there for me, but I I never had to name it until this year Mm. because it was never something that needed to be fully named until this year. It really got its talents into me. And I was like, whoa, this is the most intense experience I've had in my life, which comes on the heels of hormonal issues, which is another story for another day. However, what's interesting this week is When I was pregnant with my first son, I danced on point in ballet. I was teaching ballet and I danced on point until I was seven months pregnant. And I have a video of me dancing with him in my belly. So proud of it. And then I had kids and I kind of dropped, I dropped ceramics. I stopped making clay work in studios for the most part. And I completely dropped dance because I just wasn't feeling it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I picked up a laptop and I started writing. So it was just like this new vehicle for me to express myself. And then when Kamala was, you know, vice president elect and all those things happened for the first, it's so funny. I sweeped my porch and I used it as a stage and I danced (gasps) ballet again. Oh my God. Oh, who am I? Oh my gosh, she's back. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Oh my gosh. It's like, it makes me teary eyed because I'm just seeing you, you know, it just what, and what you're expressing, I think, is that we can often think it's too late. And honestly, like, I, I want to say that my, my VA, Liz August, who I adore so much, she just, bought herself a pair of roller skates the other day. And because, right, like, hello, because she used to do it and she used to dance too. And it's like, we have this conversation all the time, like, let's bust this myth that we we don't get to do those things anymore because it's bullshit. Yes. It's bullshit. And it's, and it's, that spirit allowing that spirit to come back in. It's still, you know, like it's, it's, 
there's some part of us women that we have to also be willing to open that door to our hearts again and imagine. Yeah. I love, a, I'm not, I'm not going to go there, but I love what, Glenn, how Glennon talks a lot about imagination. And, Glennon Doyle. Yes, Glennon Doyle. And yeah. she, she just, you know, we have to, and, and, and I always talk about when we're disembodied, it's very problematic. Like as women, yes. we've been taught yeah. not to be embodied or it, there are many ways, right? We've kind of been scared out of our own being, but yes. it's time to come back in and really start to really start to reawaken, to use that word again, these parts, these aspects of ourselves, because uh, what you're pointing to, Sage, is this way that you are giving yourself all of these beautiful gifts, and it's all in the realm of self-love. And to go back to that lover in you, that archetype, how can you love? It doesn't happen just out there. You've got to also be able to love yourself in order to be fully in love to be in love yeah and you know it's funny that love has definitely been a theme lately oh here it comes speaking of love love incarnate has just entered the building (laughs) so the thing about love is when i talk to my kids i say i love you when i'm happy i love you when i'm mad i love you when i'm sad and I think we have to say the same things to ourselves. You know, I love you when you burn yourself out. I love you when you are having successes. And it's a natural evolution that every woman has to, you know, like I invite every woman to experience this. Absolutely. I love you when you make mistakes. I love you when you, all of it, it's the all of it. It all gets to belong. Yeah, 100%. Totally. And this kid. Let I me know, know if the audio goes out because he's very I, excited. About I know. And I think he's going to be like a, a sound man. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Can you say hi to Monica? Yes. Hi. Testing, testing. One, two, three. <laughs> hi. Oh, so fun. So fun. Well, Isn't that cool? Because you pull it like this and then it comes back down. He just woke up. Did you have good dreams? What did you dream about? I told him about um, Roblox. Roblox is yeah. one of his favorite games. Roadblocks. He pushed the button. He found the button. They he always found find the, button. the button. So Sage, if you wanted, or if you were to choose kind of a final question for me to ask you, what what would you want our listeners or, or is there, I mean, we've traveled places today, but is there <laughs> the cuteness? But is there anything that you would want our listeners to, I don't know, know about in terms of just what, how they, how could they begin this process, I guess, of self-love? Because you're showing up really in this particular episode, which I'm like, can't wait for the next one, as, you know, just someone who's really playing with this idea of allowing love to really lead you. Yeah, I'm just going to see if my husband can grab this one. Yeah, whatever we need to do. Okay, so, okay, you can hear me still. (laughs) I can, I can hear you. Okay, so final thoughts for people to get on their own self-love journey. I'm going to think about that for a second. I mean, my self-love journey has definitely evolved. I think starting a business made me hold that mirror up mm-hmm. because early on, honey, can you keep it in front of my face? I need, look, you got kiss marks on your face. You're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me see if I can step away. I'll be right back. No worries. <laughs> She's gone. She's so gentle with him. I don't have that patience. I'm just going to tell you. I would be like, yeah, I won't even say what I'd be like. But that is some stuff right there. That's what I was talking about. (laughs) Grace. That's Grace. My husband was like, why is your face all red? Because I kissed it a bunch. Oh, he did. He had all of the lips 
the lip marks on him. Too many lip kisses. Okay, so never enough, actually. Okay, so my self-love journey has evolved. And when I started my business, it was the ultimate self-love journey because often what we do when we start a business is we attach our success to self-love, which is a dangerous... To me, it's a dangerous thing to do. And yet it's natural. Again, this evolution I had to go through. So I kept looking for love from my clients, right? Mm. And all these old abandonment issues from when I was a kid were coming up because if they didn't stay with me forever, because I wanted to help them forever, my over-responsibility would show up for other people. And, And then I started doing my own launches and I had this new level of empathy for my clients. And I was like, it doesn't matter if they're with me forever. It has nothing to do with how much I love myself or the success of my business. Clients flow in, clients flow out, letting go of control. Like all of this journey was like, it became a lesson in like, my business became therapeutic at that point Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I realized I was attaching the wrong feelings to my business. And when I started to stop making those attachments and also concurrently pull out the pedestal from putting my clients somehow above me because they had that success, even though I helped them get there. So I started removing all of the pedestals, looking at everything as more circular rather than a hierarchy. And that really allowed me to love myself in the way that I do right now. And I'm interested to see like, where are my blocks still? Cause they're there, you know, and, and the veil will be lifted on them again. But right now I just feel this deep sense of humanity around anybody I work with that if the pandemic hadn't happened, you know, that new layer of anxiety hadn't rolled into my life, you know, even that piece of it is a new level of self-love for myself and my clients because my clients and myself, we get anxious when we launch. It's a part of the process. Oh, for There's sure. A perfectionism and a controlling that is not necessarily healthy, but sometimes necessary. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes necessary because there's so many moving parts. There's so many moving parts and talk about a checklist. Holy smokes. Like when you think about a launch and all of the ways that those boxes actually do need to be, you know, checked in order to make sure that that's being done. Mm -hmm. And part of it is just rip the bandaid off. Let those things show rear their ugly heads. Because the second time they come, you'll have a new way of dealing. You'll have new tools for it. It'll come again. You'll just have new tools. Like the imposter will keep showing up. Like you said, it just gets more crafty the second time around. You know, and I feel that same way about grief. I've had a lot of loss in my life. And the first person who left me, woo, the second time, okay, breathe. The third time, I got this, you know, the fourth time, the fifth, I mean, it goes on and on. (laughs) It does. Yeah. And I still get emotional thinking about it, but now it's like, oh my gosh, they are the most amazing spirit guide. I am so blessed to have them in my corner. Like there's this, again, I want to point out two things that I love what you're modeling right here, because one of them is self-trust. Yes. It's really really trusting yourself with whatever comes up with. uh, We always say over here at the Revelation Project, we can't, we can't trust the world not to disappoint us. (sighs) It's we've got to trust ourselves that we can handle whatever comes up. And there's something else here, which is really this unconditional. I mean, when we talk about love, it's all like love, love, right? But the true kind of love, I think, is that that place we can enter into where there aren't any conditions or attachments. And and even if there, there are, they get revealed and we're like, oh, look at me doing that precious thing I do, like thinking I can, yeah. you know, control yeah. that from happening. And it's just this, it's just this expansive, ever expanding energy that allows us to continue to stand in love for ourselves, no matter what. And for yeah. those that we serve and know that, again, it's not about not making mistakes. It's about knowing that that is exactly divine and exactly human. Yeah. I mean, amen. Amen. Will, yeah, that's so good. I want to leave everyone with one final quote 
from Dr. Wayne Dyer, pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. Mm, I love that. I love that. Well, Sage, it has been, I mean, I'm like, as I'm saying your name, Sage, There, that's no accident. You, you, you've you brought <laughs> such sage wisdom to us today. And I just honor you so much. I am speechless, honestly. Thank you for such a beautiful, soul-filling conversation. I, I love you. Thank you. I love you too, Monica, and I'm so grateful to be able to connect with the Revelation audience. It's a really special group. I've listened to other podcasts, and I just am in love with what you're doing as well. Thank you. Thank you. And for our audience, Sage will be on again. We'll be sure to put links in the show notes. Yeah, and I want to share with anybody who wants to stay connected to me, just real quick, if I may. Please. I have a gift for your audience. So, For some of you who are thinking you want to start an online business or have been in online business for a while, I have these templates for your email list. And I just, I share it with everyone the same handout because, or the same email scripts, because I know that no matter where you're at in your business, this is an important conversation to have with you. So if you go to sagecolaris.com slash revelation, you can grab the gift and we can stay connected. You'll notice when you download those templates, I send you some emails and I ask you to write me back. Like this is how we get to know each other. But also, you know, DM me on Instagram. I'm pretty active there. And I'm also on Facebook, but Instagram is like where I like to play the most. (laughs) I love that. And thank you so much for that special gift for our audience. And even if you're not, even if you don't have one, check it out because I think it's it's really a fun way to, Sage, what I love about you is you are very interactive with your audience. So if you guys have a question for Sage, she actually will respond to you. So it's thank- me too. It's not my team. <laughs> exactly. It's you. It's you. We get, yeah. the, we get you, which is a precious gift. So thank you again, Sage. And We'll talk soon. For sure, we're, we're going to do this again because there's so much here. There's so many more conversations to come. Thanks I again. I feel it too. Thank you, Monica. More to be revealed. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please visit us at jointherevelation.com and be sure to download our free gift, subscribe to our mailing list, or leave us a review on iTunes. We thank you for your generous listening. And as always more to be revealed.